0: I'm glad that she's back, and I'm glad that I get a chance to see with all of you. And I'm glad for this opportunity. And yes, it is still the, Lord, the day the Lord has made, and we should still be rejoicing and being glad in it. I mentioned to Mark between services that he uh, kind of put some footprints. Some of the things I want to say this afternoon, but that seems to only encourage me to know that the Lord felt more than one dose of it was necessary. So, I want to thank Brother Mark for this morning's message. It was definitely encouraging, and it was comforting to know that we have a God that is in control of everything. And when it does not go the way that we want it to go, does not mean that we're out of fellowship. That just means that God is in control and you're part of his plan. So, let's get right down to it before anybody goes to sleep. The food was delicious. And uh, it's dark and dreary. So turn your Bible to the book of Psalms, twenty-third Psalm, and will not be particularly dealing with Psalm twenty-three, but I believe that Psalm twenty-three is a good place to begin that which I want to bring to your attention this morning. Before we go to our reading, let's go to the Lord in word of prayer. Our Father, for the day thus far that you have given us, we are thankful. We're thankful, Father, for the previous message. Your Father, that has reminded us and encouraged us. And it led us to know that you, Father, are sovereign. You, Father, are God. And you worketh all things at the counsel of your own will. And may we not be inclined to say, what doest thou? So may we instead say, Even so it seemed good unto thee. Help us, our Father, to be patient. Help us to be long suffering. Help us to be, Father, faithful. Faithful to you, if none else. But, Father, you've been faithful unto us throughout eternity. Go with us now. May what is to be said to follow. Be thy names on in glory and for the encouragement and and the edification of your people. For Christ's sake. Amen. Alright, Psalms 23. It's a long psalm. So I'm going to read it real fast. The Psalm of David. David, I believe, was a man that was quite acquainted with hardship, but also was quite, incur- uh, quite accustomed to the Lord's blessing. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, He leadeth me beside the still waters, He restoreth my soul. all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever the last time we met about a month ago over the city of Granite City, Illinois we considered the fact that unlike the pagan gods that we heard about in the book of Daniel chapter 2 The pagan gods of mythology who don't dwell with flesh, the God of heaven, the God that Daniel said, according to Daniel chapter 2 and verse 28, that there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets and maketh known to the king. Nebuchadnezzar, what shall be In the latter days There is a God in heaven That just as we were told this morning Gives information About those things that are yet to come Nebuchadnezzar was told some things That are going to befall him At a later time Mark read this morning There are certain things they're going to befall some Christians, maybe even some of us, depending on when the Lord returns. Maybe some of our children or our ancestors or friends that we know. God does not leave us in the dark in truth. He does not tell us everything, but he does give us enough to know what we need to know when the situation arises. Nebuchadnezzar, there's some things going to befall you. Believers of Christ, disciples of Christ, churches of Christ, there's certain things that are going to befall you. Both good and things that are not so good. But our God is faithful. This God made it known that he was going to live with the people of flesh. I tried to bring out that this God that he was going to come and he is going to dwell with the people of Israel, his chosen people. His only begotten Son took upon himself the form of a man in the very flesh and dwelt among men. Upon his departure, his son sent forth his spirit to encourage, to educate, to guide, to bring to their remembrance the things that the Lord had taught them earlier. Well, today, I would like to lay down another layer of understanding as it pertains to to God dwelling with flesh. And this consists of our considering a permanent and an even eternal dwelling for us with this God. Here in Psalm 23 David says and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There will no longer be any separation. There will no longer be any coming and going. It will be forever. All the hardships, all the hurts of life as we know it at this time will be gone. In this Psalm, we're given glimpses of the wonders that we have as the children of the Most High God. In verse 1 he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We have an attending, faithful shepherd. Not a hireling, but a faithful, caring I'd like you to turn to the book of John just a moment, chapter ten, where our Lord Jesus speaks of himself as that good shepherd. John chapter ten, like for us to begin our reading in verse eleven, and we'll read down through and including verse fifteen. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is a an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and I'm known of mine as the father knoweth me even so know I the father and I lay down my life for the sheep the good shepherd just told us twice he laid down his life for sheep the good shepherd will die for those which are his And we know that according to Psalm 23 the Lord is my shepherd. If he is my shepherd then I am his sheep. I belong to him. I'm under his control. I am his property. He can do with me as he sees fit. But what he does for me is always going to be good when it's all said and done. It may not seem like it now. But it will be good by the time it is all over and done with. He knows us. We belong to him. Secondly, we find in the latter part of verse 1 and verse 2 that he meets all of our needs. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures He leadeth me beside the still waters. He doesn't give me what I want. He says I shall not want. But that doesn't mean he'll give us everything that we want. But it does mean. That our good shepherd. Is going to give us. Everything. That he in his infinite wisdom. Has determined and knows. That we need. He restoreth my soul. He restores our soul or could I say He returns my soul to its proper state whatever it is needed. I look at that word restore and it means to return. It means to bring it back. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe what he's talking about here is this good shepherd is in our salvation. He's restoring our soul, bring us back to a proper relationship with God, which I don't argue with. But, what I also understand was the use of this word is in the, it is always being done. He is. Always restoring our soul. Those times when we get down and 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 defeated, and feel like we're being beat upon, or that life is not going our way, or the loss of our children, the loss of our health. He is always there to restore, to bring us back where we need to be. This is an ongoing work. Our Lord restores our soul. Continue, Our good shepherd. As he does this, he leads us in paths of righteousness for his name. He leads us to go. He leads us to be. He leads us to think. He leads us to act. He leads us to believe as we should righteously. But for his name's sake, I was quite amused when Mark brought in this morning the hurt, the Killing the persecution that is for his namesake. We that are his are going to suffer adversity. And the more faithful, the more outward we are in magnifying his glory, in declaring his word. And preparing people to meet him in salvation. Or at least admonishing them, encouraging them, warning them, seek the Lord while they may be found. We're going to be open more and more for persecution. We're going to be open more and more for affliction. that's for his name's sake. For his glory. You know, sometimes I like to think that there are some things done just for me. You uh, You know, about me, Mark? There's so little about me. There's so little about us. In the life that we live, in our service to God that I'm not sure it's even worth mentioning because we belong to him. We are his purchased possession. He gave his life for us. So whatever he wants to bring us, let's rejoice and be glad in it. I can't imagine how the apostle Paul in that prison, I've, the way I've heard described seems to be unbearable. But yet, because he was there for the Lord's glory, for the Lord's service, he seen a kind of joy. He wasn't crying, "Get me out of here!" I remember even John the Baptist when he was in prison he sent his disciples go and ask him is he the one that we're supposed to be looking for I don't know if I ever heard that John wanted was crying about getting out of prison but he did want to know if this lamb that he proclaimed and pointed out was truly the one that he had been looking for the Lord didn't tell him yes he said you go tell John this is happening this is happening that is happening I think John understood that. It's sin. There's a peace in knowing that our Lord is the fulfilling and the fulfillment of the prophecies, of ideas and things and plans that God set forth before the world even began. And we were included in those plans in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's comforting. That doesn't make it any easier sometimes to have hurts, but when we get past licking our wounds, we say this is for his good, this is for His sake, for His glory, and He kind of be worthy to suffer for Him. He also shows his care for us in the face of our enemies. He prepared the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup run of over. In the face of our enemies, he's still taking care of us. He makes sure that our enemies know there's a God in heaven that's aware of what's going on with these people. And he takes care of them. His mercy is with us always in this life. And when this life is over, he says in verse 6, when all is done, when this life is over, I, we, will dwell in the house of the Lord. that's what we have in the person of our Good Shepherd. You know, this Good Shepherd speaks of that work of our being with Him in the house of the Lord forever about Himself. Not only did He say there in John chapter 10 that He was the Good Shepherd, but He also tells us in John chapter 14 that He is going to come or he's going to leave, then he's going to come back, and he's going to get us and take him to where he is that we might forever be with the Lord. John chapter 14, the first three verses. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. You know, having heard If you look back at the chapter 13, preceding chapter 14, and verse 33, you will notice here that the Lord tells his disciples, Little children, yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, you cannot go. So now I say, These men just heard, again, that their Lord, their hope, like those men on the road to Emmaus, or that couple of people on the road to Emmaus, just like they were thinking, what happened? He was going to be it. It didn't work that way. This is where the disciples were. He says, I told you I'm going to leave. But before I tell you, before I leave, let me tell you this. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, you believe in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. There's many dwelling places. There's many places for you to live there's many places for you to go. Now, I don't really think that the real essence, the real important part of this is the mansions. It is the fact that he is going there to get ready to come and get us, that we can go there. It doesn't matter what kind of place it is. It is the fact that we're going, he's coming to get us. He's leaving, but he's not going to leave us here. We're not going to be here forever. This is not all that there is. In the Father's house, in all of the universe, there's place for us. Don't get so fixated on this big blue ball. We are so enamored with this planet, with this country, that we think that's all that there ever will be. Folks, there's so much more beyond what we know in our 50, 100, 150 years. We've not begun to scratch the surface. As the song said, we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining in the sun. We just got started, it'll never end. When we get to that place that David spoke about, dwelling in the house of the Lord forever, it will go on and on and on and on. You know, folks, it won't be boring. Our little minds have been so affected by sin that we really just don't appreciate the very prospects of what's waiting for us. When I have not seen or hear heard the things that are prepared wait for those that love him. Again, why are we so enamored with here and now? Our good shepherd is going to come. I'm going to go going to prepare a place for you and I'm going to come back and get you and I will receive you unto myself that where I am there ye may be also where is the Lord Jesus Christ today if that's not mistaken he's seated at the right hand of God making intercession for people like us who thought they were in control Who got a little nervous when they hydroplaned. When things didn't go quite like they wanted it to. He's there to make intercession. For hard-headed, disobedient, stubborn, small-minded people like me, not you. He's making intercession. we're worried about here. You know, we joyed in the idea of God dwelling with Israel. Of Christ taking on our form and dwelling among us. But the things we're looking at this afternoon is telling us that our Lord has things in store for us that we cannot begin not only to comprehend, but even to imagine. You know, I've, I've read the scriptures, in the book of the Revelation of Christ, the New Heaven, the New Jerusalem, and I've heard all the different ideas, or at least a lot of the different ideas of what that might look like. How big a place it's going to be? I think we're all wet on all of it. because it's just too wonderful for us our little carbon based minds just can't take care of it can't hold it in but he wants us to be what he is my oldest son came up Friday night yesterday morning he came up Friday, went back to Carbondale came up Saturday, went back to Carbondale I would love him and my grandkids live here in St. Louis. I can see them all the time. Like the little girl I talk about, the one that runs me so bad. Well, these other two are just about as bad as she is. And I love it when they're there. But I can't keep them there. I can't keep them with me. I watch Mel with, I want to say Cody. I know know the baby's not, not Cody. Wyatt. See, I can think of what he's I'm looking at him, I know his wife. I'm looking at him thinking about Cody. I watch Mel with his grandson. And if he's anything like that with the rest of them, darling, you don't stand a chance. I'm sorry, you don't. You don't stand a chance. You have been pushed aside. We do that, don't we, Mel? And I love it. But you know, I can't keep them here. I can't go down there and take them from him and bring them here to me. They belong to him. I belong to my Lord. And he's going to come and get me. He's going to take me back to where he is so that I can be there with him. We're admonished. In those cases, Mark, you stepped on me this morning. We're admonished to comfort one another with his imminent return. You didn't read it, but I will. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 14 through 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 14 through 18. For if we believe that Jesus rise, that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. I believe in brothers and sisters die we miss them but they're a the place that we're waiting to get to Aaron's little sister Lisa I watched the dear child and I caught my they're all my babies but she's kind of that special one she's always been the softest one the softest spoken the most loving she's not always happy I've seen her snap but I have very mixed emotions about Lisa's death which may not come for another 40-50 years but I have mixed emotions about it because as much as I've not seen her in the last year I miss her. I miss at the end of preaching that she always has a smile and an encouraging look. But I watched her deteriorate with her MS. And I can't grieve at the idea of her leaving because she's not happy the way she is. She went to school, finished her nursing, but she couldn't get a license because she couldn't do the practical words. Her flesh has hurt her. It's been a hindrance to her. Part of me wants to say, I look forward to her going because she's going to be with her Lord. She's going to be rid of the pain. The embarrassment that goes along with recognition, (gasps) it hurts. But I've got to tell you, there's times, I'll be glad that she's gone. I hear people say, I get to work almost every day. You're on the right side of the ground. I say, yeah, keep on walking. But I want to tell them, but I'm on the job, I can't. I want to tell them what's here is what's important. There's a whole lot of time left out there. There's an eternity for you and for me. I have an eternity of promise to be in Christ, in the, the Father's house. Where are you going to spend yours? There's way more to this life than this. There's a resurrection for the just and for the unjust. We're all going to live forever, folks. Everyone. But to be with Christ for eternity. To have days like this we have fellowship with God's people, it doesn't end by 2 o'clock or 4 o'clock. It just keeps going on and on and on and on in the Father's house. Comfort one another with those things or with these things. No matter how hard it gets, the Lord is coming to get us, the Lord is going to return. In return it's imminent. We just don't know when it is, but it's coming. And it's coming to get us. This is not our final abode. Look, if you would, the book of Revelation, chapter 21. And no, I am not about to get into any eschatology, or however you say that. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to read what the scripture says. The first four verses. Of the 21st chapter of the book of Revelation. I do know this book. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Christ the essence of this book. And I saw the new heaven. And the new earth. For the first heaven. And the first earth. Were passed away. And there was no more sea and I John to the holy city new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying behold the tabernacle of God is with men he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be their God be with them and be their God And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. God doesn't dwell with the flesh. Yes, he does. He wants that flesh to be with him. That's why he wrote our names down in his book. Before the foundation of the world, he wrote our names down. He's going to be our God. They're going to be my children. And we're going to spend the eternity together with no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more disappointments, no more fears. Our God dwells among flesh. Our God wants the flesh he wants people like us why I don't know it's a good thing that he's God and I'm not because I can be a bit vindictive I can be a bit bit punitive I'm not sure that I can give a person 50 years on the earth that I created Life that I gave them, and it throughout the whole fifty years, deny me. I might have been inclined, inclined to destroy them at the first week. But our God is long suffering. And as many, as rebellious and as hard-headed and as evil as they are, as many has come unto him for forgiveness and mercy and salvation. He will not turn one single one of them away. He wants them all. There he is. He knew it. What's the conclusion of this? Beyond the fact that we're going to spend eternity dwelling with God. What's the conclusion? I want to say our conclusion is to let us not fix our hearts or let us fix things or fix our heart on things in heaven, not here. Turn, if you would, in closing, to the book of Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 verse 19 to verse 21 lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt. And where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where is your heart this morning? Where is our heart this morning? Is our heart on our houses? Our possessions? Our hope? our plans our dreams our children is that where our heart is? our heart might little it too small we need to begin to think in terms of the eternity in heaven and as our Lord has gone to prepare a place for us should we not be Storing up treasures there of our own, there in heaven, because that's where we're going to be, unless we don't repent. Except, or unless we don't submit and obey the gospel, come unto Christ for forgiveness. we Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved unless you don't do that then I think it would be best for you to fix your mind on what's here now because it will never be better for you when you leave here this is the best it's ever going to be but folks we're going to live we're going to abide we're going to remain we're going to stay with God, with the Lord Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, and with every believer that's ever crossed the threshold from this life unto eternity, we're going to be with them. The Apostle Paul, Moses, Elijah, Elisha, even old Jacob, is going to be there. we are going to be